Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Neverland Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy. I am the Pan. You can call me Spider Pan around here. And if you don't understand any of that of why you're going to call me Spider Pan, you need to visit NeverlandPodcast.com and click on the link that says Neverlanders with an exclamation point there at the top of the screen. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, of course, you want to contact me, remember, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com is our email. You can also follow and tweet to me during the show at Twitter.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Don't forget also about our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, that number is 816-226-6492. And if you wonder why I'm the Spider Pan and you go to that page, well, you can actually join the Neverlanders. All you need to do is send me an email at the email address I gave you. Let me know what your first name is. You'll become either a lost boy or a pixie. All ladies become pixies because girls are too clever to get lost. That's in the book. And so you'll become known as lost boy blank, your first name, or pixie, your first name. But then you need to also come up with your Neverland nickname. Now I want you to be creative. I want you to come up with something that tells us a little bit about yourself. And maybe you can mash up a couple things Disney. So it's a couple things you're a fan of, like a well, uh, Lost Boy Jeff, he is Jedi Fish. He used a bit of his last name. And uh, we, our newest Lost Boy is Lost Boy Eric, and he shall be known as Retlaw. Uh, here's the email I received from Eric. It says, I'd prefer the nickname Retlaw. As you might know, Walt Disney created WED, or WED, Enterprises, as his own identity to build Disneyland, WED being the initials of Walter Elias Disney. The name Wed, along with the Imagineering arm of the company, was eventually sold to Walt Disney Productions, but the Disney family retained several assets, which were consolidated under the name Retlaw Enterprises, Walter spelled backwards. Among those assets included some local TV stations, one of which was the local CBS affiliate in my hometown. Growing up, I had no idea it had a connection to the Disney family, and years later, I worked for the station as a news photographer. By this time, the station was no longer part of Retlaw Enterprises, but it was still neat to know it was part of the Disney's family legacy. Well, so everybody welcome Retlaw, Lost Boy Eric, into the fold of Neverlanders. And like I said, if you would like to become a Neverlander officially yourself, go to NeverlandPodcast.com. Dot com and uh, 
find the list there under the Neverlanders exclamation point and also, you know, get your ideas from there, of course, get, hopefully be inspired and then just send the email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. I do have final approval because, you know, we need to keep it clean around here. Uh, but yeah, come and check it out. Also, while you're on the website, don't forget that you can donate through patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast. That link is also on the page and anything donated there will also be split in half. Half of all those donations will go to Give Kids the World, an organization that takes terminally ill children and their families into a, a ranch at, right there outside the Walt Disney World Resort and takes them into the park. So it's a very, very wonderful organization, and I'm very proud to be able to uh, give them some money. It's, it's a really cool thing. But okay, who listened to the very end of last week's show? Do you all just kind of tune out when you start hearing the sounder that kind of gives all the information that I just gave here at the beginning? Or did you just keep listening? Do you go through the whole thing? Well, we had ourselves a little contest. Well, we had we had two people who who listened. Jedi Fish, known as Jeffrey Fishbach, and actually uh, Retlaw, Eric Warren, also were the two the first people who did send me back the secret word. The secret word was crocodile. Now, because they've sent me in the secret word, they've got this really nifty little prize, and you can kind of hear me getting it out here. Uh, when I was in Marceline last time around Toonfest, around September... I was able to go. This, this is the only place you'll be able to find this. And it's really kind of a little thing, but it's just really special. But uh, they actually have a post office that is named for Walt Disney. It is the Walt Disney Post Office in Marceline, Missouri. And they have a very special stamp to clear the stamps. You know what I mean? It sounds a repetitive sentence, doesn't it? <laughs> but they have a very special way to, you know, because when you when the mail comes through, of course, they've got to whack the stamp to make sure it can't be used again. Well, over there, they have a very special t- stamp. It's kind of large, takes up a good portion of the envelope, but it says where the dream began, and it has a picture of the dreaming tree with Walt and uh, his little sister there standing. And Walt is in his... Uh, his kind of a pose for the partner statue where he's got one hand holding somebody shorter than him and he seems to be pointing off in a direction. But it's there with the Dreaming Tree. And you can only get these in Marceline by sending mail through their their post office, but you have to ask for it specifically to get this special stamp. Uh, I picked these up over at the Walt Disney Hometown Museum. I have two of them, one for each of Je- for Jeffrey and for Eric. So I'm going to put these back in a bag. I uh, just need to get their addresses, and I will send that on its way. So very exciting and a good reminder to listen to the end of the show because you never know. I, I like to get these little trinkets and like to share them with you. This is Gary Gnu, and the no Gnu's is good Gnu's show. The only TV Gnu's program guaranteed to contain no Gnu's whatsoever. Neverland News from the Disney Parks. Okay, I know we're moving awfully fast, but that's because I have some really great content to share with you that ran really long. Uh, so I haven't even yet reminded you to keep your pixie in your pocket or to pull your your pixie out of your pocket and sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Because we've got to go to Neverland, and we need to have that good attitude. And I tell you what, what's going to get you into that really good attitude? If you haven't already heard about this, and you probably have. If you're a Disney fan, this has probably been the foremost thing on your mind going on in the Disney parks. But Disneyland is celebrating its 60th anniversary. The Diamond Celebration. Uh, they announced the whole thing this week. Had a great little presentation. Some lucky people actually were able to attend and see the whole thing. And uh, it's all going to start on May 22nd. It was announced by the chairman of Disney Parks Resorts. Uh, it was, of course, after hours. 
There is going to be a fireworks spectacular called Disneyland Forever. There's going to be new projections running on Main Street, and I think I heard something about going around the park. Uh, there was some video I got to see that uh, they had like the tangled lanterns come down while they were playing, uh, you know, music from the movie, stuff like that. And uh, they're saying it's really going to kind of go through the the history uh, of Disney, uh, of Walt, and and of Disneyland, and it's going to be just a fantastic presentation. Also, if you've heard from Hong Kong Disneyland, they had the Paint the Night Parade, which it's it's gorgeous. You should see some photos or some video of this. It's it's kind of uh, an electric light style parade, but it's not like the the Main Street electrical parade. This is kind of different. It's bright. It's neon. It's very fantastic, and it is now making its way to Disneyland. Now, I haven't heard anything about any of this coming to Walt Disney World, but you know it's not 60 years there yet, so. There might be something special. Maybe, you know, hopefully some of these new fireworks is going to stick around and the Paint the Night Parade, maybe it's going to stick around for a while. Maybe it's, you know, being introduced. I'm sure it'll be so popular that they won't want to take it away from us, right? So, but definitely this is the summer to get out there and be part of the celebration. Like I said, it starts May 22nd. It's running at least all summer. I haven't heard anything about when it stops, but I'm sure eventually it might. Uh, So hurry up and get your tickets and go. Uh, In fact, if you go to our website, Up and Up Travel, uh, Jesse, our own lost boy Jesse, uh, he works with them. And maybe you can have Jesse help you out to uh, arrange your travel. And heck, there's even something else coming along. There's something coming at the Haunted Mansion. Maybe you've heard about this. There apparently is uh, some sort of blockage on the Haunted Mansion or something. Where they've been taking down the the Haunted Holiday. There's some sort of a work going on, and everybody's kind of suspicious that it may be a hatbox ghost maybe getting put in. It's supposed to be around about that area, kind of right before you go to the graveyard. Uh, you can read about this at the Disney Parks blog website. Definitely might want to check that out because it could be something very special. And I, I tell you what, I hope if they put the hatbox ghost in there that they also bring him to Walt Disney World and maybe put him in a slightly different location. Maybe he can go a little, a little bit right before you see the bride or something. I don't know, but you know if he's going to go in one, I would really like to see him go into both, and I would really like to go and see him myself. But that's enough talk from me. Uh, We have a really awesome guest. You all probably know him. Uh, If you listen to Window to the Magic, uh, if you don't, you should. It's a great show, and it's hosted by Paul Berry. He, every week, will take you inside Disneyland in a binaural stereophonic sound, and it'll it'll feel just like you're there. It is a fantastic show, and you're going to love it. And uh, you're going to love him coming on here because... Well, he loves the Country Bears. He had a website about it, and he'll talk about that, his website, and all the wonderful opportunities he had because of being a big fan of the Country Bears. Uh, Great, great stuff. You're going to love it. And, uh, well, enough of me rambling on. Let me just get you right on to it. Here he is, me and Paul Berry. To Disney and beyond. Hey, Henry, what's holding you up? Let's get on with the show. We can't hang around here all day. Now, Buff, be patient. Takes a little doing to set these things up. Yeah, we ain't going anywhere anyhow. Uh, We're kind of hung up here. (laughs) Okay, okay, boys, take it easy, take it easy. Now we're ready to start. Hello, Neverlanders. We once again have a returning guest, and we're going to have some fun here. Uh, 
with my one trip that I've had to Walt Disney World, this is kind of a almost embarrassing story probably to some people, but uh, there was a couple of things that I probably should have checked out that uh, the the friend of mine that had taken me there to check out Walt Disney World, you know, like I'd see the Enchanted Tiki Room and I'd say, hey, I'm curious what that is. He says, oh, that's no good anymore. Of course, he, uh, I guess, was right because that was the under new management phase. Uh, but then as we came around through Frontierland, I remember looking to the right and saying, oh, look, there's that Country Bear Show. And he just wasn't interested in that either. So I I ended up not seeing the Country Bear show, or as they call it, the Country Bear Jamboree. I've frequently noticed the Country Bears. So I thought, well, golly, I would like to talk about this show because people have been having a lot of fun with it. I've heard some old recordings where people applaud and they laugh and they're just having a great time. So I feel like I've missed out. So I thought, I need to figure out and learn some stuff about it. So I know I need to ask somebody about it. And if I'm going to ask somebody about it, I'm going to ask Paul Berry, who, of course, you know, used to have a website about the Country Bears, and of course now is the host of Window to the Magic, which you probably already listened to. But yeah, I wanted to learn some things. I figure if I'm going to learn some stuff, y'all need to learn it with me. So we've invited him to come back on the show. So please welcome once again, Paul Berry. Yay! We invited specialists from all over the world. Unfortunately, none of them showed up. So we have Paul Berry here from Window to the Magic. <laughs> and he'll do in a pinch. Because hey, he does right. he does like to pinch girls in the park. He is single now, so. Hey, now. <laughs> so if you're walking by some guy who's grinning ear to ear and you felt a pinch, it might have just been Paul Berry. It'll do in a pinch. <laughs> exactly. And you might even get a button, so hey. <laughs> a pinch in the button? <laughs> yeah, that comes out just about that way, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. I had not thought of that, uh, which is frequently what happens to me anyway. I never think of these things. There you go. <laughs> if I thought too much, then, well, I would be thinking, and then I probably wouldn't be podcasting if I thought about it too much. I try not to think when I'm thinking, because then the things that I'm thinking are thoughts, and I don't like thinking thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now can... back to our show. <laughs> yeah, if you could follow that sentence, then you're you're right on board. So... <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk a little bit of the history of the Country Bears. Uh, now, the, I heard a really fun story, uh, and I don't remember whose show it was. I, I, I can't remember if Alice Davis herself actually had shared this on, a, on an old podcast I heard. But uh, the story that I've heard of when this ride was, was coming together, or attraction rather. I keep wanting to call it a ride, but you're not really going anywhere. You're just sitting. Uh, but Mark Davis, who was a you know, well-known Imagineer, great artist, did all kinds of different things. But uh, he had been drawing, along with apparently some other people, some different kind of bears, singing songs, playing instruments. And uh, it was it was just a few days before Walt passed away. And it was said that he never said it goodbye to anyone. But he would go through like on his way out and would just kind of see what everybody's doing and you know would say something, you know, just whatever, but not a goodbye. Well, he came into Mark Davis's office one day and saw the drawings that Mark Davis had done uh, with the, the country bears. And he apparently had one of the last good hearty laughs that anybody recalls him having. He just laughed, loved it, and told Mark Davis goodbye, and then a few days later did pass away. So I always thought that was kind of a really cool story on how this came to be. Yeah, absolutely. I had heard that same story, and uh, I would like it to be true. Yeah, and I th that's why I think it was Alice Davis that had shared that story. So I'm hoping it's a very true story because it it, it kind of makes you tear up a little bit when you think of you know the last time that Mark Davis really recalls seeing him was that and actually saying goodbye and and I think it's possible because Walt may have known he was sick and maybe knew he was kind of at death's door, but he wasn't going to let on, you know. Oh, he definitely knew. Yeah. Yeah. 
unfortunately. Yeah. Look at that. We start with pinching girls in the park. Now we go off to Walt dying. This is a great show so far. (laughs) Don't smoke, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't smoke, kids. They're hard to roll and very hard to light. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that reminds me of a a Larry Cable guy. Yep, couldn't keep the the pizza lit when he was trying to smoke mushrooms. That's right. See? But uh, this is something interesting I had not heard before, but uh, apparently the Country Bear Jamboree was intended to be placed at Disney's Mineral King Ski Resort that he was trying to get built in the 60s. Yep, that's uh, that's where they were originally intended to be. It was going to be the main attraction out at the Mineral King Resort. And uh, unfortunately, because of the Sierra Club and their complaints about what it would do to the environment, he was not able to build that resort and uh, so we never got them there. So they ended up at Walt Disney World. Well, yeah, which is kind of interesting. It started at Walt Disney World and then went to Disneyland. Let's see how, I think just a few months later. Yeah, it was, it, I think it was the next calendar year, but yeah. it may have just been a few few months. Yeah, which is kind of impressive because I always thought Disneyland would get everything first back in the day. <laughs> Not necessarily. Yeah. Once uh, Walt Disney World came along, you know. I mean, Disneyland got things first for the first, what, 16 years? Yeah. Because uh, it was the only one. Yeah, and, you know, Disney World wasn't even expected to get a Pirates of the Caribbean, but everybody just really wanted one and clamored for it that they they shifted gears on something they were building. So so for Disney World to get anything first at that time really surprises me. Yeah, 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 but they did. So about how old were you when you first uh, went and visited the Country Bears? Uh, let's see, my first trip to Walt Disney World, actually, well, my first trip to Disneyland would have been where I saw uh, the Country Bears first, and that would have been in 1973, so I would have been about seven years old, six or seven years old. So you were just a little berry still hanging on the tree. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was a dingleberry at that point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then and then I first saw them at Walt Disney World in 1989, so 16 years later. Wow. Uh, so in 89, I guess they had already shifted to the second show, though, right? Yes. As a matter of fact, I think they went to, I don't know what year the the uh, vacation hoedown came along, but I, if I'm not mistaken, the Christmas show came around in 1984. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was about the same time they were in the process of switching it over to vacation hoedown. Yeah, 1984 definitely was for the holiday, and uh, 1986, the Vacation Hoedown debuted in both Disneyland in February and the Magic Kingdom in May. Yeah, see, there you go. There we go. And uh, one thing I've noticed from hearing Source Audio is the the Vacation Hoedown seemed to rely a little bit more on songs people were familiar with. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely more uh, more mainstream than than the first one was. But uh, but fun nonetheless. I I used to enjoy going in there and and seeing those bears uh, sing. Yeah. Uh, so with the original show, um, what would be like? How would you describe like was the the outer section with Frontierland? I mean, did they have anything significant to the outside? They did. Well, the good part about it is that at Walt, uh, at Walt Disney World it was in Frontierland, but at Disneyland it was in Bear Country. Right. <laughs> yes. And so we had our own land. It was dedicated to the country bears, and uh, and at the time it was uh, you know it you would go back there and there were shops and and things, but then there was the country bear playhouse set off uh, in the back of the woods, 
and you would walk in, you would walk through uh, an open like wood entryway down a long entry hallway and then into the waiting area. And uh, people didn't know it, but there was two, um, two theaters at uh, Disneyland for the Bears. There was only one at Walt Disney World, still is, um, but Disneyland had two because they knew with as popular as it was at Walt Disney World that they were going to need two here. So they, uh, they spent the extra money and put in two sets of doors. One was green, one was brown. And most people never caught on that there was two identical set of doors and that only some of them would open each time. So so where was Rufus stationed? Uh, Rufus? Yeah. The only thing uh, I know about Rufus is that he snores. But yeah, I heard something about he was outside or something. Oh, I see. Uh, so originally, yes, you could hear Rufus uh, snoring from his cave, in which would have been uh, where Splash Mountain is now. Mm. So as you walked into Bear Country, off to your left, there was a big, uh, uh, you know, a big sheer cliff, and then between that cliff and you were stores and bathrooms and whatever. And up on top of that, there would have been a bear cave. And you would hear the snoring coming from it. <laughs> he was evicted from there and put into Splash Mountain when it opened. Um, originally, when you came around one of the first drops on Splash Mountain, you would, uh, right before the drop on the right, there was a, a thing that said Rufus on a sign, and the snoring was coming out of the hole. <laughs> And that very quickly was changed. I believe it's it's been changed to say Brer Bear. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we won't we won't say what bear kicked them out just yet. We'll we'll get into that. But yeah, there's another bear that took over the territory. Oh, poo. Yeah. Oh, poo. <sighs> yeah. So that's yeah, kind of stinks. There you <laughs> go. But you know they're they're. I guess slightly limited with space over there. So if you want to have something new, something has to go away, unfortunately. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. So it seems like that's something that, you know, being if, – if, if the story is true that Mark – you know, that, about Mark Davis there, uh, if that was one of Walt's final things that he got to see, I don't know, it just seems special to be able to keep it in there. Sort of like uh, the Snow White ride there was like one of the original things. And to see like in Walt Disney World when the Snow White ride – went away it was kind of sad but now they've got this great new dwarf mine train so you're like well it's a pretty good trade-off but it's it's that sad thing like yeah this was one of those original things that was here it's so sad to watch it go well it's like the tiki room you know at, at disneyland should never go away and the country bears at walt disney world should never go away and that's because that's where they were originally yeah so when the when the bears left here it was it was definitely a you know a, a sad day um but at the same time, we still have them in Florida, so yeah. So at I least think, they're still around. Yeah, we can just pop over there anytime we want and see them, right? Sure, if we have that kind of money, and we can just pop over anywhere we want there, like uh, Ricky Burgandy, or <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> One of these days, I'll make some solid money too. So then, I'll, believe me, I will be going probably both parks. You'll you'll never get me away from there, except for my wife might say, "Can we go camping just sometime? Some you know, it's not near a Disney park." So. Sure, honey, have a good time. I'll be <laughs> at Disneyland. Exactly. Uh, so. 
now getting into our, we've got to where you know you have these two sets of doors. So now you would go into this theater. Now, in my head, the way I envisioned this is, I thought it would be this completely hillbilly, rustic setting, and there might be like a cabin or whatever, and they'd be just sitting around or something. And uh, from Golly, I guess some early photos I had seen. I just thought that there was probably like five or six bears sitting around. One had a jug and one doing the washboard or something like that. That's at least what I was expecting. But uh, as I've been learning, that was not the case. That theater was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was actually very large. It consisted of four small stages, uh, two on either side of a main stage in the middle. Um, and so a total of five stages. And uh, they had different bears that were on each stage. So if you, you know, were, were going um, left to right, then you would have, say, Big Al on the far left. You'd have Terrence, the shaker, uh, on the second one. And then in the center, you'd have, like, the five bear rugs and Wendell and things like that. And then on the right, you'd have liver lips. And then the far right would be Henry and Randy, the... Uh, well, it depends on what show you're seeing. He was either a skunk or a uh, raccoon. Yeah, the raccoon named Sammy and was replaced by a skunk named Randy. Now, I don't know why they swapped it out because to me it made sense uh, when they would go and they'd sing the Davy Crockett song. You know, they'd have Sammy, the, the raccoon, who would basically be a coonskin cap there. And I don't understand why he would have a skunk on his head during that instead of a coonskin raccoon hat. Well, if you listen to the uh, the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown soundtrack, you'll hear that throughout the course of the show, they are um, there's a skunk that's loose in the theater. What's that? Skunk! Look out! It's, it's that skunk again! Watch yourself, Henry! Uh, 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 Whoa! Well, would you look at that? Hey, don't this show smell bad enough as it is? Why, showbiz. Say, I've been trying to break into the theater all day, but you keep a-running me off. Hey, go easy on the skull there. Oh. (laughs) And so, you know, as they're going along, you know, Henry's just got his top hat on. There's no problem, blah, blah, blah. In the final scene, they open up, and Henry is there, and he's got a skunk around his head. <laughs> and they're like, whoa. And they're like, don't this show smell bad enough as it is? You know, good good lines like that. Yeah, and those are things, since I've heard source audio, that's stuff you don't pick on, pick up on because you're not seeing it. So when you hear it, you just think, well, gee, I wonder what that's about. Right, Absolutely. So, yeah, it's definitely a different thing to behold. Now, one thing I found interesting, because I did find some video of uh, when they've brought back the original show to Walt Disney World, it seems like some of those side stages, uh, you know, it could have been, you know, I... When I first was getting a look at it, I didn't realize on an each, the left and the right, there were two sets of uh, like single stage curtain type of things. Mm-hmm. But it seemed almost like they might have had like a rotating stage behind a curtain so they could rotate and actually have a different bears pop out from those curtains. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, if you want to get technical on it and, and literally pull the curtain aside, <laughs> uh, each of the each of the stages uh, had a series of hydraulically run either twist stages or lifts that would allow them to change out the bears. So like where, um, Oh God, I can't remember his name. Um, but anyway, on the far left stage at one point, uh, there would be one bear. And then later on in the show, big Al would appear on that same 
mm-hmm. stage. And that's because while the the curtains are closed, the curtains go around a circular uh, proscenium on the front of this of this little side stage. So when they spun the the character inside, you couldn't tell that it was doing anything. And so it just it just looked like the curtain was closed and then they would open the curtains back up and there was a different bear there. Gave them the ability to to be a little more uh, variable with what they were doing. There wasn't just five bears. And uh, Bunny Bubbles and Beulah, the Sunbonnets, they would rise up through the center of the main stage. Uh, Gomer and his piano would come up through uh, stage right, um, also hydraulically lifted. Uh, Wendell stage left on the main stage, and then the five bear rugs were on a big stage in the back, um, like a wooden platform uh, made of logs that would push forward whenever they were doing their song. Yeah, and one thing I noticed was very kind of clever is at the start of it, Henry could be over on on your right, and he's not got an instrument or anything. He's just standing there, kind of introducing, and the uh, the heads on the wall of uh, there's a, what a, a deer and a buffalo, I think, um, and uh, I, I guess a moose. Correct, so, Max like, Buff and Melvin. Yeah, so they'd be on one side and telling Henry, "Hey, get this show started." So Henry would start on that one side without an instrument, give a little introduction, and then as that you know, as the curtains closed on him, he actually then could pop up on your left and have a guitar there, and he does a kind of short, goofy song that apparently has now been cut out with Wendell there, where they would do the fractured folk song. Now here's a fractured folk song, butchered by two birds. Yeah, we wrote these lousy lyrics, and we also wrote the words. The chords are very simple. In fact, there's only three. First it's G, then C, and D, and then going back to G. But you gotta be quick. <laughs> and it's very, it's that long, but that those are great lyrics. Yeah, it's just fun. Oh yeah, that is the one thing you know with with source audio. I could understand some of the appeal at least because I, the songs were funny, and still my my absolute favorite is "Mama Don't Whoop Little Buford." Mama don't whoop little Buford Mama don't pound on his head Mama don't whoop little Buford I think you should shoot him instead Bang! (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I don't know, that just cracks me up every time. Yeah, well, you know, and and nowadays that probably would not fly. Yeah, that that whole, you know, we think you should shoot him instead, is is just, you know, that's people would be like, really? Yeah, people don't have a sense of humor these days. They're just rather be offended. Yes, I'm offended by that. <laughs> yeah, I'm offended that they're offended, and I'm offended you're offended that they're offended. <laughs> How offensive! Exactly. This most offensive content I've ever had on my show, and I apologize. Yes. Now let's climb to the other side of the offensive and keep going. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so originally, a lot of those songs uh, seemed to, I guess, were mainly original. I, From what I'm founding, that there was actually uh, some work by Imagineer X Atencio, who's also very famous for doing like Pirates of the Caribbean and The Haunted Mansion. And a musical director, George Bruns, created songs for the Bears to sing uh, originally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, it seems that when the, the show changed, and uh, I think we b- believe we said 1986, you know, they of course they did do some songs that were a bit more, you know, popular at the time, got a bit more culture, but there were still some original songs in there, I believe. But I couldn't find anything on maybe who wrote those, but I was wondering, well, maybe they were some folk songs or something like that, but I don't know. It pretty much always ended up being a, a mix of uh, original music with, uh, you know, not not pop content, but uh, popular music from, you know, earlier on, you know, country tunes and yeah. things. Uh, Big Al's Blood on the Saddle, you know, was a perfect example of that. Yeah. You know, that, that was not obviously written by Disney, <laughs> but it was featured very prominently in the Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah, and a very twisted song to actually be funny. Uh, Actually, it was something voiced by Tex Ritter, and it was from his hit album, Blood on the Saddle, from 1960. (laughs) There. Absolutely. Now, I wonder if there was more to that song that we just never heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there definitely is. Because there's got to be a story to this, because you don't <laughs> just get blood on a saddle. Well, and there was blood all around. Yeah, and a and great a big great puddle big on the ground. Puddle. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you know, and my favorite part about that was the fact that he, you know, he would go, and a great big puddle of blood on the ground. <laughs> and it was just that little as a, as the curtains were closing and he's <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> a little bit it's of just, sadistic giggle. Yep, just a little evil. <laughs> and then just to to cap it all off, I love that he comebacks and interrupts them singing the Davy Crockett song. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, you already had your song, Big Al. Yep. And it's just because it's it's great because it's it, in any other case this would be like the downer of the concert, but for some reason they managed to do it in just such a way that it's just hilarious that you have this downer of blood everywhere. Well, and it's it was just more the fact that there was this huge bear with you know droopy eyes and <laughs> it just you know he was singing really slow and, and like an out of tune guitar. Yeah, and you know so it made it it made it very enjoyable. <laughs> Uh, and also a bit of fun that I had never caught before, and even watching the movie, which we'll talk about the movie later, but uh, was Trixie, which I had never gotten what they were the comments they made when I hear the sound, sound audio. But Trixie, the first female bear you see, mm-hmm. and she's singing her sweet little song, and she is a well, she's a big bear. She is. Well, she ain't all you know. That ain't all that's big. That's uh, <laughs> Buff is saying that over there. That was a mighty big song, Trixie. Oh. 
Thank you, Henry. <laughs> that sure ain't all that's big. Well, you know lightweight yourself, Buff. <laughs> boys, boys, watch your manners. Yeah, if you can't say something nice. Uh, boys. Uh, yeah, I yeah, never I, got the humor of that until I got a good look at her because she's wearing a little tutu and just. <laughs> yep, it's a you know two thousand pound bear with uh, with a little light baby blue tutu running around her waist <laughs> which is just great I mean, but if you're going to do something with bears you have to kind of have the fat bear concept well they were all i mean there was no skinny bears you know except for uh ted and you know, perhaps ted in the back yeah. yeah but of course i don't know if he was necessarily skinny or just that he's blowing supposed to be blowing so hard on his bottle there well i, th- I think he was supposed to be skinny but uh <laughs> You know, but yeah, that's uh, most of them were were fairly uh, sizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were bear sized, except for the little baby bear down over there, uh, which I found a name for him. I can't remember what it was now. Baby Oscar. Yep, little Oscar. Which I was actually expecting to him to be Barry. No, uh, he he was always uh, it was little Oscar right from the beginning. So when they did the movie, uh, they changed it to Barry. I thought that was a little odd. Yeah. It was also seemed kind of a silly name to to give a bear. You know, obviously they were going for though. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, if it would have been little Oscar, you know, it would have been a good call back to the to the attractions. Yeah. And and it would have fit better calling your bear Barry, really? You know, it's Yeah. It's like is this is the is this amateur hour? What Well, especially when the last name of the family was Barrington. Right. See, you know, mm. yeah. So, but I think for what they were trying to do uh, with, because I just watched it for the first time now this morning, uh, and I actually thought it was kind of cute and it's kind of fun. It's not, it's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not. I've seen worse. And you're talking about the 2002 <laughs> Disney yeah, 2002 film, The Country Disney Bears. Film. Yeah, I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of cute, and you just have to. In the first few minutes, you're just kind of wait what but then after a while you just kind of go with it like you're watching a spongebob cartoon where you just have to go with it that they have a beach and water underwater and they can have fire underwater it's like nope this doesn't make sense just go with it and just try to have fun with it and i got through it all right (laughs) yeah it was an interesting film it ended up being nothing like it was going to be in the original treatment of the film uh it was originally supposed to be more like this is spinal tap with fur that would have been awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they wrote it, they got it all done and everything. And then corporate came in and it just, it, everything got swapped around. And by the time they were done, it had completely changed. And, uh, unfortunately it ended up w- w- how it ended up, which uh, meant that it kind of flopped at the box office. Yeah. But I, I found it very interesting because if, if you were to pitch me a movie and say, okay, we're going to have some puppets. They're made by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. And it's going to be about a group about getting back together. And along the way, we're going to have a lot of cameo celebrities and guest stars pop up. I would have thought it was a Muppet movie. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and it very much was. Yeah. Um, it, it was just the Muppets were a little bit larger. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the Muppets can get away with some of the humor, I guess, more than what uh, the Country Bears were able to get away with because nobody questions the Muppet. Kermit walks into, has a conversation with a human. Nobody questions it. Oh, he's just Kermit. But when you're trying to watch this movie and you're like, okay, people are interacting with this bear like this bear is a person and there's that part of your brain that's like, this doesn't make sense, you know, right. which is why I was saying you really have to just give up and go with it and say, you know, this probably would have been better as a cartoon, but we'll just roll with it. Right. Yeah, it was an interesting film. Um, you know, we haven't mentioned this yet, but I had the opportunity to be in the film uh, and my time on the set actually being like w when you saw the, the film, uh, there was just a, a little bit um, right before the final scene where I am. Um, there's a scene where Christopher Walken is saying, you know, you've you failed. You you haven't you haven't raised the money and, you know, nobody showed up for the concert. And uh, and that sort of thing, and and Big Al says, "Oh no, you know they're they're all out back. You know I didn't want them walking on my lawn." And he opens up the door, and we all come flooding in, and you know saving the day with our with our money. And uh, right behind that door, when Big Al is standing there talking, I'm standing right there. And the door opens, and right as you would see me, they edited. <laughs> it it killed me, because that was my one big shot. I would have been full frame right in the center of the whole thing. But the reason I think that it got cut was because we would open those doors, and people would push, and we would go through the door. Even though we did it probably 15 or 20 times, people would still rush through that door and I would get right up on Big Al to the point where I would have to stop or I was going to push this bear over. Mm. And, uh, you know, very, very interesting, you know, going around and filming with these huge bear, you know, costumes uh, because they were very, very big. I mean, Fred was huge. The, the, the very first time that we, when we walked in on the set, very first time we got to meet the bears, we had we had walked out from uh, from extra holding and we had gone down and we were right outside that door and the doors opened and they said come on in and meet the country bears and we walked through the door and Fred was standing right on the edge of the stage and he put his hands on his hips and he lowered himself down and the puppeteer made him scowl and he just looked at us <laughs> and we're like oh my lord. Because he was, what, seven feet tall? Wow. I mean, he was huge, you know? <laughs> so it was very, very cool to be in the presence of these bears, uh, regardless of, uh, you know, how the movie actually came out. It, what's really important is that I had a good time filming it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And I did manage to snap off some pictures, which I think I may have to use one for our album cover. Either that or I'll just post it up on NeverlandPodcast.com if you really want to see how Paul looks in the movie. And standing in there, just being – you could tell they were filming overnight. You said they, they, they were going until like 4 in the morning? It was, uh, it was 4 p.m. to 6 a.m. for two weeks straight that we did uh, where we shot that end scene. The end scene is about – I think it's about two and a half minutes long. Yep. And it and it took us two weeks to film it, and you look very tired. <laughs> yes, thank you. the uh, The problem with that uh, the the bear suits were huge. Like I was saying, uh, they were made of real fur, and they uh, they had the the animatronic heads 
were operated remotely by uh, Henson puppeteers out. Uh, they were actually in another building. So they were watching what they were doing on screens and, and adjusting the character based on what they needed to be doing. Um, we never got a chance really to look at this stuff uh, directly because um, Henson is very, uh, very protective of their technology, yeah, and so we didn't get a chance to uh, to see it, but uh, but yeah, it, it it took forever to uh, to do this, and but you know it was a good time, it really was. Yeah, you get to see some of the inner workings, and you know, kind of watch things going on, watching the crew move around on these type of things, and kind of you learn by viewing as much as you're allowed to sit and watch, as long as they're not like telling you, no, go over there, go away, you know. Right, and the the bears because of the fur and everything, they were the the suit performers were so hot um, that they would only be able to do about fifteen twenty seconds worth of shooting at a time, and then they would call cut, and people would run out from the side of the stage with these tubes, uh, about this well smaller than a uh, than a coffee can. But they had fans inside of them, and they would shove the the end of the tube into the bear's mouth, and that would blow air into the suit and around the suit performer, because there was no oxygen in there. There was no way for them to breathe and, and no way for them to see other than through this little hole in the mouth. So if the bear's mouth was closed, they could see nothing. Wow. Yeah, so it was very, very uncomfortable for them, and it, that's why it took so long to to make the movie because uh, they could only you know do this for a few minutes at a time. Ooh, and I bet you that made it a very, very expensive production too for it to to flop like that. Yep, yeah, and then and then it only raised about eight dollars, I think, uh, in the theaters. So because <laughs> you went to go see yourself, right? That was the one I, ticket. I, I did. Yes. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I I saw it the first time um, at uh, on uh, at the El Capitan at Hollywood and Highland in uh, Hollywood during the red carpet premiere. Now I was invited uh, because I had the Country Bear uh, website to uh, to be in the movie, and then they invited me to come down and be in the the special. There was a special. It was made with downtown Julie Brown. And um, it was called the Country Bear Concert for America. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was a way of promoting the film. And then um, and then they invited me to come down to the red carpet and do interviews and things. And I have those interviews that I've done after the interviews were done. I had spent so much time out there throughout the course of the day that I had gotten to know security and they, you know, they recognized me on site and things. And so after the red carpet interviews were done and everything, everybody else took off and went home and all of the stars and all the VIPs went into the El Capitan to see the film. I went back to my car. I put all of my equipment back in the car, closed the car, walked back to the El Capitan, walked right up, walked right past security, looked at the security guys and went, hey guys, and walked right in and saw the second half of the film. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And they just, be, because they were so familiar with seeing me and because I had a pass, they they never questioned the fact that I may not have had the right pass. 
to to be able to get in. So I actually went in, and um, one of the best stories of of this day is the fact that uh, the director was uh, when he had gone out to uh, to research making the film. He had found my website, and he found a picture of myself and my friend Pat posing with Big Al, and he liked the picture so much that he put it on his. Uh, binder that he used when he was making the film. Wow! So, so when he and, and he told me this on the red carpet, it's one of the one of the answers in the interview uh, that I was having with him. He told me about this, and um, and so when we went to leave the theater after the movie was over, they were escorting everyone out and then through a security tube, if you will, across uh, Hollywood Boulevard and over to where they hold the Oscars. We went up to the sixth floor, and there was food and a reception and all that other stuff, entertainment and things. And uh, as we were walking out of the theater, I was thinking, okay, well, I'll just see who I can see as I'm leaving, and then they'll go and whatever. Well, I saw Peter Hastings, the director, and I went over and I said, hey, you know, Pete, how's it going? You know, the congratulations on the film, blah, 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 that sort of thing. And we started talking, and I just kind of followed him. And because I was talking with the director of the film, nobody stopped me. <laughs> and so I ended up getting to go up and hang out at the after party and enjoy the, you know, the things all the soup performers came over because they knew me from the filming and and that sort of thing. They all came over and sat with me uh, because they were they were there, but they weren't the center of attention. And uh, and so they came over because there was some, you know me who was interested in talking to them. Of course, and uh, we had a good time. Wow, yeah, fun uh, fun stuff. Yeah, uh, the, the secret to hanging out in Hollywood is just look like you belong there, and chances are you'll be able to get in. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. Uh, if we if we do like the you know six degrees of Kevin Bacon type of style type of thing, mm-hmm. uh, you're actually two degrees separated from Mark Hamill. All right, because in that movie, and he's only got one line. Although this guy, uh, if you go into look into animation, look on his credits on IMDb, they're massive. But Jess Harnell has one line, like oh yeah, he says. And I think he's even in the trailer because he says something about that little bear being awesome, and the the kid who's playing the the brother or older brother, the human, is like, "That's not a bear, that's my brother," or something like that. But that's Jess Harnell. Now, Jess Harnell would be famously known for he is the the voiceover guy that works on America's Funniest Home Videos. He was Wacko Warner of the. Uh, Animaniacs. I mean, so many different voices he's done. But also, there's a small budget film, and it's it's pretty funny. It's called Comic Book the Movie. And in that movie, and it, it was written, I think he directed it, produced it, and everything, and he plays the main character. But there's Mark Hamill in this movie, and Jess Harnell plays like a, I guess he's supposed to be his camera guy, I think it was. It's been a while since I've seen it. But yeah, so Jess Harnell is in that movie. He's a main character, major character in this. It's shot like a documentary. But so you were in a movie now with Jess Harnell, which Jess Harnell's in a movie with Mark Hamill. So you're only two degrees away from Mark Hamill. Yeah, you know, it's it's good to be DePaul. That's right. It's good to be DePaul. <laughs> and if you want to really take that, of course, this is going into that voice acting kind of thing for another big name voice actor. You are also two degrees away from the great Rob Paulson. Oh yes, you know who that is. I figure, and for I, any of any of the I listeners not paying attention, yeah, because he was Raphael originally on the Ninja Turtles. He was Yakko Warner. 
which is how he's worked with Jess Harnell. And then, of course, he's currently Donatello on Ninja Turtles and done so many different voices. And it has even done some work for Disney, which is how we tie this back together in the right direction. He was one of the gummy bears. He was Gusto. Ah. So you, you are tied in in more ways than you can ever know now. He came into the recording session and they said, say this with Gusto. Exactly. There you go. And he's been doing it now for a good long time. Very nice. One of the Very greats. Nice. Mm-hmm. And you also got to be in a movie with Christopher Walken. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, not only did I get to be in a movie, but I got to be edited out from a movie right next to, to Christopher Walken. <laughs> because there's a, uh, there was actually in the, one of the original scenes that we shot was um, a, an expanded scene where uh, Christopher Walken finds out that... Um, that the bears are trying to get the band back together mm-hmm. and raise the money to uh, to buy him out, basically pay him back for the money and get Country Bear Hall, and um, and he's he's standing there and he's he's actually taken away by security as he's screaming that I'll get you bears and you know that sort of thing, and he was standing literally shoulder to shoulder with me as he delivered those lines. Oh. Um, so, and come to find out he's a tiny man. He's, he's very small. I was uh, quite surprised, but then again, most stars usually are. Yeah. I was also surprised to find out just how small Michael Jackson is. Uh, <laughs> or when, was. Yes. When I, uh, well, he still is. Um, he didn't get any bigger after he died. Well, sure. But, uh, yeah, I saw his Captain EO outfit in one of the display cabinets uh, at the Treasures of the Disney Archives thing one time, and I was like, wow, Michael is tiny. (laughs) But anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. Yes. Uh, So, let's talk a little bit about the Christmas show, I guess, which features a lot of well-known Christmas songs, but also some other originals. Uh, Do you happen to have a favorite song out of the the, uh, Christmas show? Tracks in the Snow. We're making tracks in the snow. Everything is rosy. No more hibernating, boys. We're up on our feet. Just making tracks in the snow. Keep warm and cozy. Shivering and shaking to that good old country beat. But when you when you think about the lyrics, um, you know, you would think that they pretty much had to write it uh, because they're talking about. Uh, you know, hibernating in in the in the uh, the uh, the winter, and how they're not supposed to be up and things like that. But um, they're talking about uh, you know banging your hairy knee and things like that. And it's um, for some reason I can't come up with the actual lyrics right now. Uh, good, good song. And like I said, I think it's I think it's the first song right after the. Uh, the introduction by Henry. I always like the one where it's, uh, and I don't remember which bear, it's one of the female bears, where she's like, you were promised to take me ice skating and all this stuff, and I hear you snoring in that cave. <laughs> oh, the lake's all frozen over. Got my skates and I'm ready to go. But I'm waiting for my honey. Cause I can't skate if he don't show. Sing it, gal. But he's in his cave just snoring. I hear you in there, baby, and don't think I don't. You're yeah. in I got the hibernation blues. I don't know why, but that song cracks me up. I hear you snoring, and don't think I don't. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that that is uh, Trixie. 
Ah, Trixie. Okay. <laughs> and the song is, in fact, Hibernating Blues. Yes, it's, it's just a great one. Uh, do you have any other favorites from uh, the other shows that's like uh, the, the standouts for you? I, we've kind of mentioned a couple of songs from the original, like Don't Whoop Little Buford and Blood on the Saddle, but is there a, a different one that maybe sticks out, or is those definitely kind of more of a favorite? Yeah, Old Slewfoot was uh, was my favorite from the uh, from the original, and then... Um, and then um uh, foot oh. i don't yeah, I, I, yeah. I keep thinking of slew foot sue when you say that i'm trying to figure yeah. out which no, one is no it says foot. he's big across the middle and he's broad across the rump running 90 miles an hour taking 30 feet of jump never been cornered ain't never been treed some folks say he looks a lot like me hmm yeah um that's uh that's that one and then uh, ghost riders in the sky from vacation hoedown yes i love that they do that that's fun Little Oscar here wants a story. A real scary story. Mm-hmm. All right, then. <clears throat> An old cowpoke went riding out one dark and windy day. Upon a ridge, he rested as he went along his way. When all at once somebody heard a red eyed cow's he saw. Their brands were still on fire, their hoods were made of steel, their horns were black and shiny, and their hot breath he could feel. The fear went through them as they thundered through the sky. For so the riders coming hard, they heard their mortal cry. But actually, Vacation Hoedown um, was just really good from beginning to end. I just, I really like that show. I'm going to have to find some video of that one now, too. I bet there's video. There's got to be. Uh, no, I know there is, because uh, I, I went in, uh, you know, we were told that, that they were closing the Bears, and um, I had a video camera at the time, and and people at the Country Bear Playhouse pretty much knew knew who I was. All of the cast members, uh, you know, knew that I was the Country Bear Playhouse guy because you're DePaul. Exactly. Well, before <laughs> I was DePaul, I was the Country Bear Playhouse guy, and um, and so I went in the weekend uh, before it closed, or the weekend that it closed, and I set up a tripod in the back row. And I sat there all day, and I videotaped the left, uh, the left stage, wide, mid, close. Next stage, wide, mid, close. Main stage, wide, mid, close. They told two friends, and they told two friends, and <laughs> um, and did the whole show. And so I know that there's video of it because I have it. Ah. But uh, but yeah, that uh, the, the attraction actually closed. Um, and see if you pick up on this. Uh, I thought it was the end of the world. I thought, geez, things are never going to be the same. This was September 9th, 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so on the morning of September 10th, 2001, I drove home from Southern California, all disappointed that how sad it was and, you know, that, that this terrible thing had happened and uh, I had to be at work by noon that day. So I was driving. I, I had left at like four in the morning so that I could get home in time. And uh, I was just so sad that it had happened. And, and that very next morning, I woke up and found out that my little world uh, was of very little importance. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so it kind of put things in perspective for me. But, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we had a good time. I, I videotaped the very last performance of the Bears. They loaded both theaters um, down there. Nobody wanted to be in the second to last show. And all the cast members knew it. And so they loaded both theaters. They uh, they held the first theater while the second theater loaded. Once everybody was in, the cast members got on the communication phone between the two, the intercoms, and they synchronized pushing the buttons so that they ran both theaters simultaneously for the final performance. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I was uh, running down front. Um, I was... Uh, you know, for a lot of it, I was actually facing the audience with the uh, with the camera because uh, the theaters were never so full, never so alive, and uh, you could hardly hear the bears over everybody singing along, and uh, everybody knew every single word to uh, to everything that was said. So, a fitting tribute. Yes, yes. <laughs> that video also never saw the light of day. So there you go. Well, what happened to the video? Oh, I've got it. It's just I've never gotten around to actually importing it. And, you know, it's it's on, uh, I think it's on Hi8 or Video8 tape. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this was, you know, 14 years ago. <laughs> wow. That doesn't seem that long. But, yeah, it was about 14 years. Wow. Yeah, that was, you know, what, 12 technologies ago. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, what I wouldn't give to take my current camcorder back in time and be able to record the bears with that. But, uh, but anyway, so I, I have these, these tapes are actually sitting just to my right, uh, funny enough, uh, in a box on the floor and because I, I don't think I have a, uh, a video player that will play the tapes anymore. You still have so the I, camera? Um, well, the, the camera broke. Oh no! Yeah, so unfortunately, and that was uh, that was the problem with that. But that that was probably some of the best video I ever shot. That was all you know. Like I said, it was tripod mounted, and it was hard irised and hard focused, and and uh, it was shot with the intention of of putting together the final hoedown video. Uh, but it never uh, it never came about. So now there's a lot of different bear characters. Of course, we know Henry, uh, liver lips and McGrawl. He's apparently the most funny looking is, you know, he's got very large lips. Um, uh, there's Wendell, Teddy Barra, which I'm kind of disappointed she wasn't in the movie. Uh, you, of course, you've got Ernest. He plays a fiddle as well. Uh, you've got two fiddle playing because one's playing a fiddle. Then you've got, uh, I believe it's uh, not Ted, but uh, Zeb. Yep. Right. And Zeb's the other fiddle player. You got Zeb's Terrence. on on the fiddle. Right. The crooked hickory bow. And Tennessee when the spirit moves that Bruin, he can make that fiddle go. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to run through the entire gamut. But the basic thing is I want to make sure we've mentioned to everybody, but who is overall would be your favorite bear? Oh, you know, I, 
Henry pretty much has always been my favorite. And I, th- I think that's because I'm friends with Peter Renaday, who voiced Henry. Um, we got a chance to meet him uh, back a number of years ago and uh, toured the Disney Studios thanks to him. And we gave him, uh, funny enough, a, a grizzly... Um, like Henry has a has a Camp Grizzly shirt that he wears in the Vacation Hoedown show. I said, got out my old you know Camp T-shirt, still fits kind of, and I'm raring to go. And that shirt, we made one and gave it to Pete as a gift when we met him. Oh, cool! And so he um, he met it or he he met us and he, um, was wearing it one time. We took a picture. Uh, I actually have some video that I took on my old cell phone. God, it's terrible video. But um, of of him saying, you know, hi, this is Henry the Bear. And, you know, and if you go to uh, doneinthedark.com, uh, which is where the Country Bear Playhouse website is currently to this day, uh, you can see that video. Um, you'll see that he's wearing the Camp Grizzly T-shirt. So it's pretty uh, pretty awesome. So being able to to call Pete a friend of mine just kind of cements Henry as being the bear that I uh, am closely uh, in touch with. Hmm. And Peter Renaday, also known as being Splinter, who was worked with Rob Polson, who worked with Jess Arnell, who was in a movie with you. The circle is now complete. Look at that. <laughs> I, you know, Peter Renaday is is two. Uh, what, what is that? Uh, two bacon's short of a. Haystack? What is that? <laughs> no idea. I don't understand what that means at all. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 two six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know where the haystack came from then. <laughs> well, they come from hay. That's that's oh. how they make them. Yeah. Oh, fascinating! Now we can Absolutely. talk all about farming. <laughs> that's right. Yes. And now forty-five minutes on the benefits of farming. <laughs> we hope that you'll be coming back again to yeah, eat our it, cornfields and something. I don't know. Yeah, edit here. Edit here. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear me sing, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Even but, though I uh, frequently sung on my own show, it's terrible, isn't it? But yeah, Henry is. Uh, Henry was was always good because, you know, I always used to love his laugh. You know, he he, he was always always having a good time, and he would just, ha, ha, ha. You know, yep. and it's just... He just always had the best lines, and and you know he was hit on by the by Trixie, and you know the the five bear rugs were always getting him out of of uh, you know trouble with Trixie, and, <laughs> which I understand know. now that I've seen some video and saw Trixie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, see, and that's the thing is back in the day they used to be able to do the non PC joke yeah. of you know so it's the the heavy bear you know and you don't want to be with a heavy bear and. And that sort of thing. And so she, you know, she would say, you know, well, you know, Henry, you know, I, let's come over here and try out this here mistletoe. You know, it's, he'd say, well, gee, uh, Trixie, I, uh, and the five bear rugs to start playing. And he'd, you know, he'd join in with him. He'd be much obliged, fellas, you know, and <laughs> yeah. getting him out of trouble. So. And if anybody's offended at us making overweight jokes, well, I'm overweight. So is Paul. We're both working on it. So, you know, it's all good, right? Well, I'm I'm not overweight. I'm very overweight. <laughs> so. Well, see, so we but we can still laugh at the, the oversized bear joke. So if anybody's offended, we're offended that you're offended, and that offends me. Yes. 
let's not go down that road again, I guess. (laughs) It's always greener on the other side of the offended. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Well, the fun thing, though, I've I've noticed about Henry is, I don't know why, but he makes me think of Kermit the Frog. Naturally. Mm Mm-hmm. He seems to be like he's the one kind of holding the show together, and the only thing's missing is, like, my bad Kermit impression that I do every time I have a guest. I'm like, yay! Is Henry never goes to that level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's like the brains behind everything, and he even comes out and sings a song, and it would only be even better if he was playing a banjo. Well, he's definitely your host. Yeah. So, you know, that's he was intended to be the MC for the event, and uh, so it's that that's, uh, makes sense. Yeah, and it's fun when you have uh, very much the design of these bears is very hillbilly. I love Fred's uh, like overalls and jeans that look like they're barely holding on to him. He's just a big bear. Uh, and everybody's very hillbilly wearing old hillbilly hats. And then you have Henry out there wearing his top hat and very distinguished looking <laughs> his vest. Right, yeah. In the original show, it was the, you know, it was the tuxedo look. And then uh, in the vacation hoedown, it was uh, it was the camp T-shirt. So, <laughs> so he looked like he's the camp counselor. So he's still in charge. Yeah, well, you know, it, it depends. Did your camp counselor wear a T-shirt and no pants? Because uh, you know, that would have been a, a very interesting camp. It's a different camp. Yeah, it's a it's very different. Everybody's bare. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, thanks for bearing with us to the bear end and barrel around to see us again. <laughs> with Paul Barry. What do you say, Henry? So. <laughs> okay, well, I'd say we've about, just about beat this to death, but we'll, yeah, we'll, we've already talked about it closing, and it's been replaced by Pooh, which is yet another bear. But thankfully, everybody can still go to the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World and still check out the Country Bears. Don't let somebody talk you out of going in even if he's the one who paid for my trip the whole way there so i just kind of like okay you don't want to go see it so we won't then well and if you're (laughs) if you're at disneyland uh go back in well you can't do it right now because they're closed um all of of uh, critter country is closed right now but um once it reopens you can go in and uh in the the candy store you look there's a, a a photo of uh of Pooh getting the uh, the deed um, to uh, to Country Bear Hall. Uh, there's a swinging teddy bear picture in the back where they're making the candy. And if you go through the Winnie the Pooh attraction, uh, when you get through the heffalumps and woozles section, you come around the corner and Pooh says, "This must be a dream," which is typically where I say, "No, it's a nightmare, Pooh." Um, if you turn around and you look immediately behind you, up on the uh, right above the the doorway that you've just passed through, Max Buff and Melvin are hanging there. So they've they've taken the three uh, heads on the wall from the theater and put them right there. But you would never know they're there unless you turn around and look, and they're not lit or anything. They're just up there. Hmm. So, yeah. So they're probably not even animated or anything then anymore. Nope, they're not plugged in, nothing. They're just there as a tribute to the old attraction. Like, we're still here, we're still heads. I guess that means we're still dead. (laughs) Exactly, yes, look at that. I made a terrible rhyme, I know. He's a poet, and he doesn't know it. And his feet don't show it, because they're Longfellows. Okay, I was thinking he's a poet, and I never knew. Yeah, look at that. (laughs) Yo, yo, I'm a sucker MC. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so we can't drive this into the dig in any more of a ditch or anything to bury ourselves in. So we'll just, oh, look, I actually just found a picture. <laughs> Uh, so if anybody is really curious to see what these three look like, Max, Buff, and Melvin, uh, actually at the Wikipedia, if you go searching for a country bear jamboree, that's with two E's at the end, on the Wikipedia, scan down some of their pictures, and they do have a picture of them hanging in Winnie the Pooh at Disneyland. And they actually still have their name tags there, but it is they're completely on a, a blackened area mm-hmm. behind them. And somebody looks like they use a good flash camera type of thing. Yep. But uh, you know the other fun thing? Doneinthedark.com does have a link on that Wikipedia page. So, everybody, if you want to go and find out more Done in the Dark, which, uh, wow, the front page doesn't have a whole lot of stuff on it, but I'm sure you get in there. There's video services, country bears, merchandise, and Calvin's stuff still on here. Do you still update this website at all? No, that that website has been uh, defunct for quite a while. But I keep it up there because the uh, you know people still love going to the Country Bear website. And uh, you'll see not only stuff from the original Country Bear Jamboree and the Vacation Hoedown and such, but you'll also uh, get a rather unique look at Rufus the Bear and uh, what it's like behind the scenes with him. And uh, you'll get a chance to, uh, to see that video of, uh, of Henry. And uh, you'll actually get to see a bunch of collectibles and uh, things uh, from the promotion period of the Country Bears film. And I see so. you've made the pun before I can with calling you Paul Barry. Oh, yes. I Back in 1996. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My goodness. And it even has uh, an old symbol made with an iMac, <laughs> which That's will take right. you to Apple.com. Oh, look, a screensaver. So, yeah, it's still fun. Oh, oh my goodness. It actually says it filed. I think I'm going to download your screensaver, and I'll take a look at that later. Maybe I'll share a picture on yeah, the website. See if it works. That's see great. See if it still works. Oh, and go. here it is, a visit with Peter Renaday. So, yeah, definitely everybody check this out. But otherwise, oh, no, slides.zip is not commonly downloaded. It could be dangerous. <gasps> There's something weird in the hair. But uh, there is a picture of you with uh, Dr. Dr. Peter Renaday. Why am I calling him doctor? With the man Peter Renaday. But if, otherwise, anybody who's wanting to find you, if they didn't know already, and if they don't know, who are they listening to Disney Podcasts and not know Window to the Magic? Yeah, well, you know, they can find me online if they look for me. So yeah, that's, uh, over here, that's the over best there, place everywhere. to find me. <laughs> magic.com right. Or they can even find you on Twitter, at WTTM. Yep, and uh, they can add me as their friend on Facebook. All righty. Well, thank you for coming on the show once again. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for being had. Yes, it's always good to be had. (laughs) Neverland Feedback. All right, it's time for a few Neverland shout-outs. We have some new Twitter followers, Lynn Barron. Gary Lane from Saturday Morning Rewind, great little podcast. You should check it out, if you, especially if you like to listen or like to watch old Saturday morning cartoons. They have a lot of voice actors on the show. Uh, they've been doing two shows a month now where one they talk to a, a voice actor and the other time they're talking to each other. Great little show. And, and also Dr. Stephen Turley. Also a couple of retweets, uh, Eric Warren and Tim Nidell. 
Also, from Saturday Morning Rewind, not Eric Warren, but Tim Nidell, uh, both of them retweeted our show link to uh, get more people to be able to find the show and check it out. And so I want to thank everybody for following along on Twitter and also for retweeting our show. And, of course, you can share it also on our Facebook page when you're if you've liked our page, or you, you can even join our Facebook group. You might have to search for that one. Uh, but, yeah, make sure you share those links and everything with all of your friends. We do appreciate it, you know find more people who might enjoy the show and also don't forget to go to iTunes or Stitcher or Blueberry or heck all three and leave us a nice review there so I know what you think of the show uh, go ahead and give an honest review uh, I basically if there's something you think I can improve on I would love to hear it because I'm always wanting to make a better show for you that way we can keep having all this kind of fun and it's just the best quality show that I can possibly make uh, but until the next time I do want to remind you to keep a pixie in your pocket and take her out whenever you need to to spread a little bit of that pixie dust to other people and for yourself. And basically, that pixie dust is your good attitude. No matter what you're facing, try to keep that good attitude with you, and you can find you can face a lot if uh, if you have the right attitude and that determination, that never give up, uh, to keep going and pressing forward. And you know, sharing pixie dust with other people sometimes is just simply saying good morning, shaking a hand, giving a smile, and sometimes just doing something nice for somebody. So I challenge you this week to do that. Go find somebody and do something nice for them. Even, you know what, if there's somebody who uh, really, you know, you don't get along with so well at work, do something nice for them this week and see what happens. It's worth a shot, right? But anyways, until we meet again here next week, I am your host, Jeremy. I am the Pan, also known as Spider Pan. And I'd like to just say God bless, and we'll see you here next week on the Neverland Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPodcast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright glue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.